0: Now on Tucson Business Radio X, Heather Wilpert from the Tucson Metro Chamber and her guests for The Business Of.
1: Welcome to The Business Of. We're streaming live from Tucson Business Radio X studio inside the Stort Title Building on Broadway Boulevard in Tucson, Arizona. Today's topic is the business of death. It may seem like a grim way to kick off the year, but it is an extremely important topic That certainly affects all of us, whether we like it or not. We are all mortals, after all. Um, And I certainly don't mean to be making light of this. I mean, certainly there's a lot of heartache associated when we lose a loved one, it's serious business. But I do want today's discussion to enlighten all of our listeners so they make the legacy that they leave behind for their loved ones much easier for them. And we'll share tips and stories and try to keep things light and informative. I'm excited to introduce my special guests today who represent different aspects of today's topic Sandy Egtisadi. As an insurance agent from Farmers Insurance who will educate us on the ins and outs of life insurance. Hello, Sandy. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me today. And Allison Manning, an attorney from Kinghorn Heritage Law Group, who will share the importance of having a will. Hello, Allison. Hey, Heather. Thanks for having me. Of course. And Trina McSwain, the sales manager from Evergreen Mortuary, will talk about planning funerals, burials, etc. Welcome, Trina. Thank you. For having me, of course you're welcome. I'm so glad you're all here today. Let's get started by having each of you tell a little bit about your organizations, so our listeners who might not already be familiar
0: can learn more and put a voice to each of your names. Uh, Sandy, do you want to go ahead and start? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, Again, my name is Sandy Agdasati. I am the owner of my own insurance agency. Have been there for over 30 years. And uh, I have seen a thing or two in that over 30 years. Uh, a lot of life's ups and downs. There are many things that you can do to lighten the load for not only yourself but for your family. Right. Um, I I love working with um, with families, and um, I have a lot of lot of uh, third uh, third generation clients at this point. Wow. So yeah. It, it, it really is a it, it is a very interesting business a very important part of mm-hmm. financial planning uh, I enjoy doing work on the base and and helping our airmen and soldiers with uh, with uh, financial issues and um, now that I'm looking across the table I see that the attorney here is actually you wrote my um, my my uh, <laughs> my uh, legal papers. Oh, so yeah, uh, really? I, I just realized that you're See, with Kinghorn. We were just talking, talking about funny. the one so or two I'm degrees. Really, yeah. I'm really glad to meet you. Um, That's but great. anyway, I have over 6,000 clients and, uh, and have really been enjoying what I do.
1: Oh, that's fantastic, Sandy. So since you mentioned Allison,
0: Allison, tell us a little bit about
1: your organization. Sure,
2: sure. so I work at Kinghorn Heritage Law Group. I'm a law partner with Kevin Kinghorn. Uh, we are the attorneys in the office there. We have a full uh, staff with uh, knowledgeable paralegals and other staff that work together to provide peace of mind for our clients and reassure them that their goals and planning for estate plans will be achieved. Uh, when people think about estate plans, they often think that it's just if you have you know so you have to have a lot of money or assets in many different- states or real property and what we try to educate the public on is that everybody has a right to have their decisions honored the way they want them to, and that it's very important that they put the right people in place to make decisions for themselves for medical and for their financial needs and so um, part of our practice is getting out and educating the public mm-hmm. and educating our clients and their family members on the proper state planning and making sure that their needs are met. We also work um, with clients if they need guardianships or conservatorships. We hope to be able to avoid those, but sometimes it's right. not avoidable and people come to us and we need to help with that. And we assist clients when they need um, uh, All tex which is Medicaid in Arizona, to pay for long-term care, and also some veteran mm-hmm. benefits to pay for long-term care as well. Right. Uh, so, estate planning is a broad range uh, mm-hmm. and um, very necessary to help uh, the Southern Arizona. I I began practicing law in 2000. Okay. Uh, after I graduated, I did uh, have to come back home. I was in. I started my practice in Dallas, and I returned back home. I'm a native Tucsonan, and I just love Tucson. As we were talking prior to the show, that. Everyone somehow is connected it's to each so other true. one way or another, and um, it's it's just proven that today as we sit around mm-hmm. here and I look and realize that I, you know, have connections with other ladies here, so mm-hmm. I appreciate being here and helping uh, get some important information out exactly. to people so that they know what they need to have that, and alleviate some uncertainties or at least have a beginning point, and that's what's great about starting this in the new year is looking and saying... Okay, it's a new year. This is one of those things I need to get done this year. Or if I have a plan, review it. If you haven't reviewed it, at least every three years, it's important to take Mm -hmm. the plans out of the closet, dust them off and make sure that they still meet your needs. Exactly.
1: And Trina, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a bit?
3: So um, I am with Evergreen Mortuary Crematory and Cemetery. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of like the second step after the estate planning. <laughs> exactly. It's like the next plan that it, it's the plan that nobody wants to talk about, but everybody really needs to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice thing with Evergreen is that we are full service, so we're a mortuary a Crematory and a cemetery. Uh, the cemetery has actually been there since 1907. Wow. Uh, yeah, it started out as the um, city cemetery. Right. So we are the oldest cemetery in Tucson. We're a little over 90 acres. I was going to ask how large it is because you'll drive by that on Oracle Road. Right, right. Now, a lot of times people drive by and they say, oh, we figured your cemetery was full. Uh Because that's what you see is the old part. But we've got pictures in the, if you come into the lobby, there's a picture that's 110 years old that shows, here's the... Fort Lowell entrance where it was just dirt on the other side to now you see the palm trees and how big they are. Oh, it's very
1: lush over there. And especially being in the middle of the desert, it's so nice actually to see all those mature trees and
3: the lawn is gorgeous. It's maintained very well. Thank you. Um, I actually forget that I'm in the desert sometimes. I'm originally (laughs) from Missouri. So Uh I've been out here for five years and it's like, um, I forget. Because we drive into the trees and the grass, mm-hmm. um, we actually we have more species of trees than anywhere in Arizona, and which also makes us, we are on the National Register of Bird Watchers.
1: Really? So we'll
3: have people in the cemetery oh. and we think they're lost and they're trying to find something. We'll just stop and say, are you looking to find a loved one? No, no, we're just watching for the birds. And that's so,
1: okay to do? Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're on the National Register, so people come in to look at the birds, and I'm sure we have the birds because of the trees. Right. You know, so, and then... Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, the mortuary uh, started in 1974, so it's still been around for a long, long time. Wow. So um, we're just kind of like the estate planner. You know, we want to get out and we want to educate people mm-hmm. on why they should plan, what to expect. Um, it's, it's really difficult when a family comes in and they have nothing planned. It's right. on the hardest day of their life, and they're trying yeah. to make all these decisions. Right where it's night and day someone comes in and we can sit down and say mm-hmm. we have a folder here uh, your mom or your dad they planned everything and we know exactly what they wanted we just need you to pick a day and sign some papers and it's so much better so it's all about education
1: mhm i'm really curious is are there trends as far as when you feel that people are doing cremation more or burial more? I mean, is it just a a similar percentage throughout
3: the years or does it shift at all? Um, I think it shifts some, but a lot of it comes down to planning too. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes people think cremation is the least expensive option. Well, it can be if that's Mm -hmm. what you want, but you can also do cremation and do something more elaborate with your memorialization in the cemetery. Um, sometimes cremation happens because the family didn't plan and, and their loved ones have no money. And so that's the only option that they have.
1: Okay. And then
3: they have to live with the fact that they know their mother didn't want this, but they can't afford to do anything else, you okay. know? So that's where that planning, uh, I tell people all the time, you know, I don't care if you want the least expensive thing or if you want your own private estate, I just want you to plan. Mm-hmm. I want it to be your decision. Right. My job is to educate you on the options and the things that need to be done, and help you to come up with what your best options are.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly, and then now, Allison, with you helping people with their wills and um, trusts, you probably do incorporate a lot of their wishes of what then Trina will then carry out, is that correct?
2: Yes, uh, it's, and it's very important. It's a discussion we have with our clients frequently and putting their plans together is mm-hmm. asking them what they would like. Part of uh, the Arizona Healthcare Power of Attorney includes the. Provision that allows your agent to uh, follow through with your wishes of cremation and burial, and sometimes that is the only thing that clients do uh, check the box on or initial on, and that may be the only inclination. But we encourage our clients to have conversations with their family members Mm -hmm. and loved ones about what their wishes are, so that it's not just a piece of paper that they're going off of, but they can hear their words and they know this is what I want at my you know my funeral. This is the burial process that I want, or even a step before that at at the time when they have to let a loved one go and choose to not continue medical care or choose to, you know, stop care if it's already started for them. Um, Those are difficult decisions. But if you've had the conversations with your loved ones, Mm -hmm. they know what your wishes are and they can rest easy knowing that they're doing what they're supposed to do at a time when it's a difficult time and they can just sit back and enjoy being in the presence of their loved ones and helping them pass during that time. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then back over to you, Sandy. So it all really can start with you in a way, as far as people sitting down and um, thinking ahead, oh goodness, what if I do pass on unexpectedly? And so how do you help guide them uh, when there are so many different options? Maybe even tell us about, just put things in layman's terms for us, if you
0: would. All right. (laughs) I'm, I'm really enjoying sitting at this table because um, you have done my living will, and, and uh, <laughs> not only the living will, but our revocable trust. And we do review it every year, so we know exactly okay. what's going on. And my in-laws are buried at your at your facility. Um, it's really important to have a discussion. Uh, when people come to my office, they're looking to eliminate risk or to transfer risk. Mm-hmm. And when you transfer risk over to an insurance company it's so much easier when there are life-changing events, and they may not necessarily be passing on. I really like to think of life insurance as life insurance and living. Um, You're leaving people that are still alive, and that transition can be so much easier if you've planned financially. Um, Not only that, a lot of things can happen along the way where you don't necessarily pass away, but you need long-term care, or you have an event where you're disabled, mm-hmm. um, or you are in a situation where you're you're you've only got so long to live. Right. So those are three areas that we can write into life insurance. And in a very simplistic uh, way to look at it, there are two types of life insurance: renters' policy and a and, and homeowners' policy. Um, homeowners' policy would be a policy that plans. For all of the unexpected events that may come up, um, including including death, mm-hmm. um, and untimely death can happen, um, but it's so much easier when you do have when you do have some financial backing. It's never easy, but to not have the financial issue, um, as as you so so well put, um, to have everything squared away. Um, in advance, it, it, it really does make a difference, Erica. Um, you, I've actually had families that have planned where they're going to have the, the whole, not only the whole ceremony, but where they're going to have a meal the night before, the night after. Then on the other, the flip side, you have, um, that, that would be thinking about a renter's policy or when you pass away. We actually pay a lump sum of money. If you live too long, what if you live too long? That happens as well. And you can get a cash value to your life insurance that will take care of you um, almost indefinitely if you if you fund it properly. Um, and having a securities license, I'm able to do that. So you can go from a simple term policy to funding a life insurance policy where you can take money out tax-free um, forever. And... Um, so those are, those are the basic policies. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the real twist right now is uh, people are having issues with long-term care. Not many companies write long-term care anymore. Unless you took a policy out quite a while ago, you're going to have a hard time finding a competitive policy. Mm-hmm. So when you when you tie that in as an endorsement onto life insurance, then you don't have to worry about that. Right, um, and now, how much of a difference does it
1: make, say, when you make all your arrangements when you're younger and healthy versus when you
0: know that you have a terminal illness and then you? Um, that's a really good question. Um, you can you can get a permanent policy even when you're not healthy, but you're going to get a lot less life insurance. Right. However, you can overfund that life insurance, put a lot of cash mm-hmm. into it, so that you still have the option of getting the tax-free benefit from the cash. Okay. And, and not only that, the um, all of those benefits pass tax-free um, to your to your beneficiaries. And I can get into a little bit of that. As right. important as beneficiaries are. Um, I personally have, and thank you, Kevin Kinghorn, <laughs> who we meet with once every couple of years, um, we have our trust is is our beneficiary. So there's not going to be a lot of discussion about who gets what, or this wasn't fair, that wasn't fair. This has all been taken care of in advance. And um, having an annual update, which I do need to get back there, it's been a few years, um, really does make a difference because the laws change. Um, as you can tell I I've, I've really embraced the whole life insurance very seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my customers come in, we we look at auto and home insurance initially, but then my question is, if you're not in the picture, who's going to continue paying the bills? Right. And <laughs> it is surprisingly inexpensive. Basic life insurance is 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 very inexpensive. People are living longer, they're healthier, so obviously the cost of life insurance has come down significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to throw a figure out, but you would be shocked how inexpensive it okay. is. Okay,
1: that's good to know. That's promising. <laughs> uh, did
0: any of you see the movie
1: Knives Out by chance? Because there's, nope. there's a part so good. in it. it, it, it <laughs> basically they all then, someone passes and they all gather for the reading of the will. And it's such a, a common occurrence in movie land at least, where when they read the will, It's so far from what anyone ever expected the will would include. So have you had some stories like that? I mean, of course, keep everything anonymous. (laughs) But have you had those stories where people are like, what?
2: (laughs) Well, I'll have to say that, one, it doesn't really happen that way in real life. So there's not the gathering of the reading of the will. It's not as exciting (laughs) as the movie makes it. Sometimes we like to pretend it is exciting. Um, One thing we actually try to do, if families are comfortable with it, is is to have the families come in before the passing oh, of the okay. family, so there isn't that. Oh my gosh, I you know I didn't know I was getting you know the, mm-hmm. the mansion. I thought I was just you know getting a third of the estate, and right. um, you know that alleviates a lot of problems with the family members. Mm-hmm. It allows people to understand the situation and remove the ability for people to challenge those wills. We have other provisions in the trust or will plan, depending mm-hmm. on which plan you have to prevent people from challenging and having those surprises um there's there's really not usually there's not usually too many people surprised there may be uh a few here and there where they are upset by the distribution because they didn't think that someone should get what they got right Uh, Thankfully, the law, if if a plan is done correctly, Mm -hmm. if it's properly established, properly funded, somebody, you know, the clients work with an estate planning attorney who Mm -hmm. keeps notes and meets with them regularly to review their plans, there's not much room for them to actually prevail on those challenges with the wills, but... It does sure make for a good movie, though, when right. when someone's <laughs> surprised in that. <laughs> right. It doesn't make for good real life, though. So okay. I do encourage people to have conversations mm-hmm. uh, when it's appropriate with the family members right. so that they're aware of it. In fact, I love for family members to come in and visit with me. It's okay. usually the highlight of most family vacations to meet with the estate planning attorney. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I do say come in and meet with us uh-huh. and talk with us on a regular basis and let the kids know to give us a call because right. we know what the documents say what they mm-hmm. mean and then we're able to explain it to the children and I encourage if there is going to be an issue or they know someone's going to be upset and they're not comfortable talking to them during their lifetime maybe writing them a note and explaining mm-hmm. the reason why it's done that way so that it can alleviate but ultimately as long as the documents are done correctly, uh, there's not much room for holes to, to open those doors for challenging. Okay. Yeah. I know Tom Petty and his daughters (laughs) and his second wife had a
1: battle that they ended up working out, but you know, they should have had that conversation beforehand. Right.
2: There's and I love watching the, the famous people right. that we know Sunny Bono mess up their estates. Yeah. It's like you have all these advisors and right. you have all this money and all this these people around you, yet you turn around and you mess up your own right. estate and yeah, you they didn't even know think better. you should have done that. But I think people don't think they're going to die or they don't think they're going to die now or this soon. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, most people don't come into my office and think, well, you know, I'm going to die in six years. So I'm going to put a plan in place today. So working backwards, this is what I'm going to do. Every once in a while, I get a few of those. And Mm -hmm. they're typically engineers that know their timeline. They're very organized in life. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) as far as I love engineers, Um, they're very (laughs) organized people. So they know it down to details. And those engineers out there listening know this as well about themselves. But um, when they come into the office, I like them to come in when things are not in an urgency, when you're not facing a life crisis, because then you truly can think through what your options are Mm -hmm. and you have time to go through the process and really understand what the documents say and be able to appreciate what you've done in your plan and then have time to review it over, you know, several years or even more. Hopefully Mm -hmm. we do have people who come in and they're ill and we do plans right away on a, a quick turnaround because we know they don't have time, but it's, it is a lot more peaceful for family members if the plan isn't done earlier in time and people mm-hmm. aren't having to worry about it. Right. And have
1: you had some people make some really unusual requests or just out of the out of the ordinary yeah. things on their will?
2: You know, I, I'd say... We have a lot of unique requests Mm -hmm. and things. I I love spending time with clients and getting to know them and asking them questions about themselves so that I can find out what their unique thing is Mm -hmm. about themselves and helping to capture that in their estate plan. Um, I know for, you know, for me, my grandmother who didn't leave much Mm -hmm. after she passed had left for me a ring it was I call it a ruby ring but I can't even wear it and I share with my clients because it turns my finger green because it's not even really gold and it's not a ruby But I wore it to my senior year prom. Uh It was a red uh, ruby. She had lived with us and gave me a bunch of red costume jewelry. And when she passed, I was in my 30s. I had never thought about it again. Right. And so I love that I was able to have this ring. For sure. It's not worth anything. No one would pay me a dollar for it. Mm -hmm. But every time I look at this ring, I think, my grandmother worked so hard all her life to care for other people and she always said if you do good good things will come Aww. and I cherish that and I love helping my clients find out what is your unique thing what are those those memories those life mm-hmm. lessons that we want to capture and pass down to your family members and be able to uh, keep your memory alive. It's not always about the money, Mm -hmm, but the money is important. And I I love what you were saying about life insurance because it really helps fill the gap sometimes for what family members need in their final Mm -hmm. days. They do want to leave something to Mm -hmm. their family many times. And oftentimes it gets used up paying for care at the end of their life or because they had not planned for that. But but more than just the money it's it's capturing those those life lessons and your legacy exactly
1: yeah for for mine uh actually i have a couple i think unusual things i'll share <laughs> so one of them you know how sometimes in a movie there'll be the traffic cop who's standing on a little platform in the middle of a busy intersection and he's kind of directing people the way he's gesturing so i'm hoping that you know i'll be like in my 90s but i'm hoping that there's a big enough turnout that we need a dancing traffic cop to guide people (laughs) in so that's actually written in my will so i don't know who is going to have that um that's (laughs) in your will you have it saying you want want a dancing dancing traffic cop and then i want my ashes um divided into about 10 baggies or however many baggies are needed. And I have a list of some specific, some not so sp- specific places where I'd like them scattered. Just, you know, the floating dock on the Severn River where I grew up. And then I'd like some off scattered off of Pretty Hike in Silverton, Colorado. And I'd like, you know, so people are going to look at, they're going to be like, damn, why did she die? Now we have to do all these crazy things. But I thought I want people, I thought it would be, uh, make them feel a little lighter and happier because it's so bizarre that,
0: <laughs> that that's you know, a really good you idea know i mean? to pick up because, on some yeah, of that yeah because instead of just being like
1: oh no she's gone and be like okay now we need to freaking climb a mountain <laughs> to scatter her ashes so I just think you know, so that's in my. Will. You could like
2: add a scavenger hunt and like a map Ooh, with it too.
1: Yeah, hopefully it's not be... too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: never too late. You're yeah. still alive. Exactly. And now tell me more about the cremation
3: part of things because that
1: is it. It is
3: illegal to scatter ashes, correct? It depends on where you are. Okay. I mean, the, the thing I'd like to say is it's so interesting how much we all have so many things in common, and we say the same things to people. Like with insurance, I people are always asking. I'm like you know, I look at it that life insurance is for the living. Honestly, Uh if you've got a couple that have two incomes and one of them passes away, an income goes away, but not any of the bills. Right. So it's there to help with that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you're talking about documenting what they want. So it's a legacy to their family. Well, that's the same thing when it comes to the cemetery side of things. Mm -hmm. It's a legacy. It's that memorialization And, um, you know, people ask all the time, like on, on a headstone, well, what should we put, you know, loving mother, daughter, granddaughter. And I always say, everybody knows that what's something that they said to you, or you remember about them, Mm -hmm. that's going to be the final thing that anybody ever reads about them. You know, it's the, it's the dash between the dates. What do you want to say? Give them a little personality. Right. Mm -hmm. What do you want to say about someone? And the same thing comes for the cremation is scattering everywhere. But then there's nothing that says you ever lived. You know, there's no place for future generations to come back and say, this was my grandma or this was right. my mom.
1: Now, can you do both? Can You, can, you, have... you certainly
3: can uh-huh. do both. We do that all the time. People will take.
1: Because I like that idea little, little... where you have a place to visit. Right. But you... then. You're... Right.
3: And, and we hear all the time. Well, nobody ever comes to the cemetery. Oh, they do all the time. We have people come and they actually picnic, you know, they'll come and bring a blanket and lay out there. We've I've had families I've worked with that come and put a little pop-up tent out and they do lunch on their mm-hmm. mother's birthday or something Aww. and they come out and visit. So it is it's a place to come, right. you know. So, you know, that's really nice, but with cremation, I mean, there is a, a a lot of things to it. It depends on where you are, which state. They all have different oh, rules. Okay. You know, people say I want to be scattered in the ocean. Well, I believe um, uh, you know, you have to be like a mile out or something. You have to get permits, you know, oh, really? there's, there, okay. there's a lot of things to it. You know, in Arizona, it is, it's legal to scatter, but there's a lot of places it's not, if it's your own private property, but you can't scatter in the, you can't just come and scatter in the cemetery, though we have a scatter garden area that uh-huh. can be set up. Um, state parks, you're not allowed to scatter, you know, Oh. does that mean that sometimes people Sure. Do, mm-hmm. but it's not legal, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our, our big thing is just to talk to people about, you know, having a place to come. Right. Um, one particular person I remember, she grew up on Fort Lowell Road. She lived there all her uh-huh. life, but she wanted her ashes scattered in the Colorado mountains. Mm-hmm. So they actually purchased a plot right because Fort Lowell comes right into the cemetery. So they purchased mm-hmm. a plot really close to Fort Lowell mm-hmm. and they put, uh, a memorialization there, but her ashes are scattered in the Colorado mountains. So that's called a cenotaph. The cenotaph says, here's information about this person, but this person is not here. So oh. we do that for people too.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having, I'm remembering this is back in my twenties, but a friend of mine from upstate New York had an uncle who passed away young, but in his will, it said that he wanted his ashes scattered somewhere where it was always warm because I don't recall why he stayed in upstate New York but for some reason he needed to stay so he was always cold and he hated it and so we did a little road trip and drove out to the sand dunes in Yuma where it's hot
3: Mm -hmm. all the time time,
1: and on the way we wrote a poem dedicated to him and we went out and Read the poem out loud and then scattered the ashes. And that was really interesting to see, too, because that was my first experience with a cremated body, how there are some chunks and it. it's so interesting so, to so see.
3: Here's a misnomer about oh, that. Okay. It's not ashes. It's bone fragment. That's the only thing that's left and the bone fragment is crushed.
1: Oh, okay. So it's not, you see a movie and oh. it just floats
3: away. No, it, it doesn't. Like in the know? Big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, with cremation, I mean, uh, funeral and cremation is regulated by the Funeral Doctors and Embalmers Board of Arizona. So there's huh. actually a consumer guide that anytime someone comes in and wants to talk about it, that's the first thing we give them. Right. But one thing, uh, kind of goes back to the estate planning is that people put things in their will. But if someone dies at 2 o'clock in the morning, they're calling us. They're not calling their attorney to say, hey, can we get to the will to look at it? Oh. So sometimes they haven't seen the will until after they've made arrangements. you know. Oh, and then they find out that because people plan their estate and they plan funeral, but then they don't tell anybody. So it's like <laughs> you need to make sure you tell people what your wishes are so that they know. Right.
1: Or at know? least where your documents are kept in your right. home or that sort of thing.
3: Right. Um, Well, and that's why, so another thing and why we encourage people to plan ahead Mm -hmm. is especially with cremation. um, If you plan ahead, if you prepay, sign your own cremation authorization, we do not have to get someone else's permission. But to give you a scenario, Mm -hmm. if you just put in your will that you want to be cremated and you've got, five kids and they're your next of kin and one of them or two of them do not believe in cremation, we can't cremate you even if that's what you said you wanted because you didn't oh. pre-fund it. It has to be signed by next of kin. So if you've signed it yourself and pre-funded, you're good to go.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah, it's, that's the first
3: I've ever heard that. Well, we've, we've had situations where a couple that weren't married, but mm-hmm. they've been together for 30 years sure. and they know what each other wants. And then one passes away and they say, well, this is what they want. Well, you're not their legal next of kin. So we have to reach out and maybe they're estranged from their children and they're right. in another state. So we have to put a public notice in the paper for 15 days and wait for someone to come forward before we can carry out the wish that they know their loved one wanted. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of reasons to plan ahead.
1: Oh my goodness. The That's other thing with gigantic. planning
3: ahead too, is you also, uh, the cost double about every seven to 10 years. So, uh, Uh, Hmm. Final arrangements is the one thing you can pay once and never have inflation for. You buy it today. You can set it up on payment plans. Uh, When it's paid off, you're done. And you, uh, the youngest person I ever planned with was 26. Her mom was the youngest of four, 51, and had a heart attack. And if it hadn't been for the older brothers that had the money and could help them out... You know, when the estate was settled, she walked in the door one day. And this was in a little town in mid-Missouri back when I got into this industry about nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And she walked in the door one day and she said, let's get this done. I don't want anybody to ever have to go through what I just went through. So she planned, she designed her headstone, everything at 26 years old. And if she lives to be 100, she'll (laughs) owe nothing.
1: That's interesting.
3: So it's it's a gift that you can mm-hmm. give your loved ones just like life insurance and planning mm-hmm. your estate. It it's all a gift to your loved ones. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For the business of
1: And so since I'm coming from Tucson Metro Chamber, we are always very interested in the paths that people take to, for their professions. So, I remember growing up, there was a family who owned the local mortuary. And uh, that has come up in when I'm searching for unusual majors for college. I mean, you can become a mortician. And Mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit more about what you know about that path and what kind of demand there is for that. and
3: Well, that and that's not what I do. Right. I mean, I'm not a funeral director. So right. a funeral director is really you're your, your going to school and then you're doing an internship. And, and a lot of people that get into that, that's something they've just decided when they're young right. that they so want to do that. I mm-hmm. mean, we've got a funeral director that's in his mid-60s that's been doing this all his life. Right. Um, we've got a young, young girl that she just turned 30 and it's what she came into to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it,
1: is it a, I shouldn't say dying trend, but no, is it a, is it the sort of profession where you actually need more, uh, morticians or isn't there much of it? A... Oh
3: yes. Mm-hmm. You know, there are always, I mean, it's just like lots of industries. I mean, it, but to be a funeral director in Balmer, it takes a lot of schooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I honestly, because I am not that. I right. Don't, Your sales you know, and sales, and, family service. Right. Uh, you know, when people ask me what I do, I say I'm in education. I'm not in right. sales, I'm in education. My job is to help you plan, make decisions, and tell Sandy, you what you could to say expect. The same. Just, you know, exactly. exactly. So uh, I come from it from on, on the flip side. I was actually a photographer for many years, had okay. my own studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was 59. He went to the doctor for a stress test and died in the doctor's office. Oh, goodness. In 99. So, wow. I wasn't in this industry. I didn't have a clue. I'm in a town of 20,000 people. I know everybody. Right. You know, but it's who, where, what, when, how. My brother was 18 years old. My sister, I was 31. She was 32. I tell this story all the time because right. it's, I've been on that side. Right. But then we knew nothing about what he wanted. Uh, Mom and dad were divorced. She was married to someone else. She couldn't help us. Mm-hmm. Um but then once we got done with that, then here came the estate. It went into probate. I was the one that lived in town. I had to deal yeah. with that. It took a year, wow. you know. So I've been on, on that whole side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> my mom came to me that following Christmas and said, you guys aren't going to like my Christmas present to you, but I made all my arrangements. And we're like, that is the best <laughs> right. present that you could ever give us.
1: That's a good point. And Allison, when you went to law school, did you have an idea that this was the specialty you'd want,
2: or how did you come along to this? I probably came about it a little different way. I knew I always wanted to help people, but mm-hmm. I happened to go into a different area of the law, which was financial lending. Okay, I Worked totally different type mm-hmm. of area. I was in Dallas uh, doing kind of the big city with a big law firm and not really enjoying what I was doing. I didn't have the connections that I love to make with people. I love sitting around the table, talking to people, finding out what their needs are and helping to plan to avoid problems. Um, So I had, when I started my family, I started looking for alternatives Mm -hmm. for work. So I had a little more flexibility in my hours and um, began helping friends and family with their estate plan. And that's Mm -hmm. how I came into that. Uh, When I began practicing in Arizona, I did mostly estate planning. I did some other other work that would come in. Um, I was a sole practitioner. And so you kind of take whatever comes your way. Right. And I just realized working with uh, one family in particular where I helped them establish a trust. And then as the, when the, the mother had passed, then worked with them through the administration mm-hmm. after, um, saw that it's such a honor to be with them during this time to help them. Uh, plan and then help their plan come through and work with clients right. and then their family. So generationally, uh, it's very fulfilling to mm-hmm. be able to help clients. And it's, it's a way that I feel I'm serving people in the community and mm-hmm. being able to do it as a profession. I feel uh, it's an honor. It's the area of law that I think, um, is probably one of the best areas i am um, wow. i am a little partial to it but right, right. I, i've done a lot of different areas and uh this is definitely my 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 passion um i i've been doing this now only estate planning now for almost five years and uh, just absolutely love estate planning because of the ability to accomplish goals and give the peace of mind mm-hmm. and while there is some crazy stuff that happens every right. once in a while most of the time um it is uh it's exactly what the the -hmm. clients want to have happen and you know, clients leave me, they give me hugs at the end right. of our meetings and we're That's not, a good you know, fighting and being, you know, yelling at each other as we're walking out of the office that some other areas of the law are. But I always knew that I was going to be a lawyer, even when I was in high school. You uh, did. Wow. And uh, knew as I went through college, I was going to be a lawyer. Oh. My grandfather was a lawyer and it was one of those things. But I thought I was going to be in litigation. <laughs> and I have found okay. that is my passion is to to work in estate planning help avoid those problems as I they come. That. Every once in a while, I have to go to court, and I'm good with that as well. But mm-hmm. I prefer to try to avoid court if we can.
1: Right, of course. And Sandy, so you've been in sales for so long now that, I mean, did you start when you were two years old? I mean Thank you.
0: was me. <laughs> a lot. Actually, you're going to laugh. I started in law school, oh, and um, I, I really respect lawyers because it is very hard. And I uh-huh. realized that it really wasn't for me. Uh, I went to work for lawyers who actually wrote the insurance laws, and specifically workers' comp. And I really enjoy working with people and helping people. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went full circle. And um, I think it's all about building a legacy. And you, you live a lot more, you live a lot fuller life when you realize that you're creating a legacy it doesn't just end here with you at this particular with your life but for pennies for just from my point of view Mm -hmm. since we're talking about life insurance for a few pennies you can buy a legacy essentially and um
1: what are your recommendations of four different stages of life. Say if a 25 year old came to you versus a 50 year old or a 75 year old,
0: would you give them different, uh, words of wisdom or guidance or it would be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, since I've been in the business a while, I've seen, seen a few of my clients who have become unhealthy, but mm-hmm. the first, the first, um, line of defense to transfer your risk per se right. is to get life insurance. Um, just get a term policy if you're young mm-hmm. and you can't afford to start building building um, equity in a policy mm-hmm. get a term <laughs> policy and get it with an agent that knows what they're doing not only right now but that has a succession plan mm-hmm. that will have somebody to take over that policy uh, they can they can be complicated uh, I'm to me it's easy because i've been doing it a long time i've got a lot of experience right but if you get an agent that is not experienced it it could turn a little bit a little bit difficult right um and tell me about <laughs> so
1: often businesses will provide a life insurance policy for their employees i'm glad you brought that up that's a really <laughs> so how is that enough is it different tell me a little bit more about what they would get if they went directly to
0: someone like you versus I always recommend you get something separate from your employer and Uh, tell me why what is that well you you never know if they're going to keep that policy the employer may just say hey we're we're not going to have it anymore uh do you plan to work there for the rest of your life and then until you pass on right um, and they will be limited policies, mm-hmm. and they will continue to go up. When you leave that employment, you may not be able to get it. Oh, okay. um, so get get something on your own, and get something with a term policy that is something that you can convert to a better policy right. down the road. Uh, but you lock in your insurability when you're young and insurable. Right. Give me a little uh, life
1: insurance 101 in layman's terms. So you've been mentioning term life. And then tell
0: me whole life. So, right. there, so one is a... Is one's a... permanent and one's temporary. Okay. Temporary is for a, a specific period of time, uh, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. You pay the same amount of money uh, with, with most companies for that period of time. Uh-huh. And at the end of that period, the life insurance is gone. That might be when you need it the most. Right. Um, but the... the Positive of the term policies mm-hmm. that I set or that the farmer sells mm-hmm. is um, they are convertible to a permanent policy that will take you through your entire life, and if you don't do that, mm-hmm. then you will be having a conversation with Erica at end of life and I Trina I, Trina, Trina, Trina. No, I'm sorry that's okay me. That's right. I, I, I you me. look like an Erica Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, then you'll be having that conversation right. which which is which is you know, a great, great service um, and one that we've used for my in-laws. Okay. Do you have any idea what the statistic is for people
1: who pass away without any life insurance? Like how, is it more common I, to have it or not to have it? I, how does that even work?
0: Trina would probably be, probably okay. know more about that because if someone has life insurance, I get a call from the mortuary saying we need to be listed to make sure that the, um, the service is paid for.
3: Well, and I don't necessarily handle that side all the time. A funeral director normally is, but what we do is more of having people plan ahead so that Mm. they've locked in costs so it's already paid for before we get to that because insurance doesn't always pay out right away,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: um, you know, so somebody's still having to fund it out of their pocket and wait for the insurance. Now, sometimes it does, but not that often. We do run into families sometimes where they're like, well, mom, you know, dad passed away and they've got life insurance. So we're helping them to try to find it and and get it funded to find out that, well, either they quit making the payment. So it went away or they borrowed against it. So it's not worth as much as what they thought. And now the family's back to scrambling and trying to come up with the difference in the money. So Mm. um, but so I don't really know the percentage Of who has it and who doesn't that's why it's 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 kind of nice it's kind of nice to have both it's get it planned have the insurance you you know you're you're kind of covering all the bases you know get get your estate plan get your life insurance plan your plan your plan your funeral arrangements Uh, it's a
0: choice I mean right exactly educate my my clients on that what the choices are right and some say well I don't really need it or others say I don't want to pay taxes down the road so here's $750,000 that's going to build up over the years. So there they there's just like a broad range and and I'm I'm sure that you've also seen that. Yeah. Where
2: and it it fits for different reasons, too. So like you were talking about, not just death planning,
0: exactly. Um, I,
2: you know, I work with some young families it, uh, and estate planning is this, is similar where it's not just one type of plan that fits for everybody. all there's all right. different types of planning that is necessary at different points in your life. but young families that have children, who have the concern if they are going to, you know, pass away and then the income's gone and their kids won't have money to live off of. And so insurance is a great tool. And then, as you mentioned, we recommend it go into the trust that then can go down to the children in a protected trust Mm -hmm. where someone else is managing the funds instead of a minor child being a beneficiary of an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. So they get, you know, a $500,000 or a million dollar policy, but they're 16 years old Right. Uh, so it's better to have it go into a trust, and so it, it does definitely work together uh, mm-hmm. when you're looking at doing the, the funding of, a, of using insurance for that purpose, right. or when I meet with business people, you would mention business succession for your own insurance purposes, but business owners in general, oftentimes they use insurance to plan a way to buy out or secure a note, or if something happened, they can use insurance for different purposes, mm-hmm. and we assist them in that process when they're establishing their business succession planning. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. And I saw on your website that you have uh, estate planning seminars Mm -hmm. that you hold. So tell us about that.
2: Sure. So once a month, uh, we do estate planning seminars. We do about four to five uh, seminars that are public seminars a month. And it's, it's one of my favorite seminars to give because people come in uncertain about what plan they have, if it's the right plan, Mm -hmm. if they need a plan, if you know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are concerned about walking into an attorney's office without knowing what to expect. And so they just don't do anything. Mm -hmm. They don't know where to start. And so uh, the seminars that I, that I open to the publics are, they, we do different ones, but one of the ones you're likely talking about is our legacy wealth planning, Mm -hmm. where it is planning for uh, all aspects of your future. So your um, the the money that you're going to leave to your beneficiaries, leaving it in a protected manner, choosing who's going to step in and make decisions for you and comparing a will versus a trust. A lot of people hear about a last will and testament and they hear about a trust and they, mm-hmm. they think, well, I don't have enough money for a trust, so I don't need a trust and I just need a will and that will be fine. right? Um, so we walk through the process and comparing what's a will. You know, a will is simply an instruction sheet to a judge saying, uh, this is where I want my assets to go. And this is the person that, I, that I've uh, designated to make those decisions mm-hmm. for me. And it is designed to send your family through the probate process in order to pass your assets. And a will only works when someone passes away, where in comparison, a trust is a substitute to a will plan. And so a trust is established during your lifetime and can actually provide protections for yourself, If you become incapacitated, someone can step in with just a few pieces of paper showing that you are no longer able to handle your finances, or maybe you get to the point in your life where you're just tired of of paying your own bills, and it's time for the kids to step in and pay those for you. Uh, And then it also protects your family when you pass away, and it keeps your family out of court. It's a private agreement that you make uh, with the trustee, which is typically yourself, to how you want the assets to be handled, Mm -hmm. how you want them to be managed, and i am a i'm a big fan of trusts because i believe they can provide a lot of protection for those what ifs, those unknowns. Right. If we knew what was going to happen in everybody's life going mm-hmm. forward, we could tell you exactly what you would need to do right. and how, you know, how to write it out and what to do to make sure of that. But a trust gives protection for yourself, for your spouse if you're married and then for your children. You know, for <laughs> me, i have minor children and if something happened to me, I would want to make sure that they were provided for, that they were protected, and that the right people that I designate step in and, and raise them if necessary. And so not only do I need a trust, I do need a will. And that will is where I designate my guardian. And a lot of young families say, well, I can't I can't do a plan because I don't know who that would be. Right. And that to I me- I remember coming up a with a, that. Yeah, and it was good, really a, tricky. And it's not a good option, though, because right. if you pass away without making that designation, right. now you're- Children, your family members are having to decide who's going to step in and raise Mm -hmm. them instead of you making that choice Mm -hmm. and making it clear as to what. And those people may change as the kids get a little bit older,
1: too. I mean, perhaps when they were young and you were living in this town, you wanted it to be these people, but once they got a little bit older, and maybe you moved, or maybe that couple isn't even a married couple anymore, or maybe you found out some deep dark secret about them. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, yeah. things change, so Absolutely. you do need to stay on top right. of your wishes because things evolve. And I mean, I remember when my husband and I first just thought, Oh gosh, we have young kids now, we need to just put something in writing, let's just do something. We went through an online mm-hmm. one legal Zoom. Shouldn't have plugged them. No, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but just to put something in writing. But right. then more recently, just a few years ago, I mean, especially with different uh, real estate we have and his business and this and that, it's getting more and more complicated. And so we went in, met with, sat mm-hmm. down with an attorney and really went through every little right. thing because it was getting more complicated as the years went on. Um, I believe we, we kept the same... People, Yes. Uh, <laughs> to take care of our girls. But now that they're getting older, too, yeah. they'd probably just be fine on their own. But anyway, <laughs> but still, it's um, it's a lot to think about. And it's an emotional thing. And so it's good to come to people such as you three women who are just kind and level headed and educated and can help people take these emotional times into like business like, okay, let's just get this done. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's wonderful,
2: and as you said, you mentioned you you have the power to make changes, yes you know while you're able to, and that's why it's so important not just to do your documents once, put them away, and never look at them again, right, but review them every you know every couple of years at minimum, review you know maybe even once a year is a good idea, but meet with an attorney that does estate planning because mm-hmm. they have a different level of knowledge. That's important. That brings a different perspective into the planning uh, techniques and making sure that you're covered and your children are covered as well. Mm -hmm.
1: Trina, I saw something that you all do that I found interesting. It was uh, the homeless memorial. Uh, Tell us a little bit about
3: that. Well, the homeless memorial is actually the county okay. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting. So you have Evergreen mm-hmm. and then the access through Evergreen to get back to the county section of the cemetery.
1: Oh. Okay. So the county
3: and the home that's where the homeless or uh you know Jane Does that kind of right, thing where right. the county took care of it. So they have That memorial, I mean, we help with it, but it's still the county that puts that on.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah, I was curious what that was about because it didn't really
3: go into much detail, but I thought
1: that's interesting. It seems
3: like it's with us, but it's through our property. Now, we do other events, like we have Memorial Day event every year, Mm -hmm. so there's always speakers that come out. Um, and then afterwards we normally uh, have lunch or snacks or someone, something.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, the one event we do that is really nice is Reese Across America. Oh, what's that? So Reese Across America is for veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a ceremony that happens. Uh, people can pay for Reese for specific people or there's different organizations that give money to Wreaths Across America. Mm -hmm. Um, We give money to Wreaths Across America for these wreaths. And so it's, I don't remember the day, but it's like, like this, maybe it's the first or the second Saturday in December. And we do the event and then volunteers come out and they go out and they put wreaths on all the veterans graves. And so then it's just beautiful in the cemetery.
1: And that's every Memorial Day?
3: Well, uh, Wreaths Across America is in December, so it's like Christmas wreaths out on the the graves. But then Memorial Day, and with Memorial Day, it's usually uh, VFW, uh, Boy Scouts. There's also um, volunteers that they'll come out Saturday morning, and they just walk the cemetery, and any place they see a veteran's marker, they place a flag. Oh, okay. And then on Memorial Day that morning, we do a... uh, do a memorial service for the veterans mm-hmm.
1: now sandy since you've been in this business for quite a while is do you get your business mostly from word of mouth or how do you market yourself and get new business That's
0: uh sort of we, we largely referral okay largely referral at this point um i'm actively involved in the community community outreach um on a number of areas uh we reach out to our existing clients. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we have, we're on the third generation now. Right. And uh, we, people like us, they know us, we're centrally located, mm-hmm. easy to find. Um, yeah, well known that's name. Basic, mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. Right. Yeah. We well, take care of our customers. Okay. So they mm-hmm. take care of us, and we in turn take care of the community. And
1: then what about with Kinghorn Heritage Law Group, how do you?
2: So I'd say similar. We have a lot of referrals from current clients and from other trusted advisors in the community will refer to us. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, through the seminars, we offer an opportunity for anyone to come and make an appointment with us if they would like to have a consultation afterwards. And if they attend our seminar, then we won't charge them
3: for a consultation.
1: Right. And since Evergreen has been around for so long, you uh, people probably just come to you, right? Well, how it, does that
3: work? I think, think it's kind of the same with all the, you know, it's, it's still um, referrals. Um, you know, people want to know who they can trust. And so they ask their friends, have you used anyone? Right. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, we get out in the community also. You know, if we've met with a family that's lost a loved one, we try to follow back up with them and mm-hmm. and. and Help them the best we can. Okay. So I feel like we've covered a fair amount of ground
1: today, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've learned
3: a lot. I Good. <laughs> and I just love how everyone's
1: connected. I love that. So uh, I hope all of our listeners have enjoyed this episode of The Business of. And um, all of us hope the information shared today helps guide you to getting all of your ducks in a row. <laughs> and above all, we want to encourage you to. Live your life to the fullest and find moments of joy in each and every day. So, uh, so when the time comes, where it does. You know, the lights go out. At least you know you've lived a good life. Uh, thanks again to my special guests, Sandy and Allison and Trina. And we'll upload a photo um, from the business of death to the Tucson Metro Chamber website and on the Tucson Business Radio X website. So you can put a face to all of our names and uh, read everyone's bios and get our contact information so you can reach out if you have any more information. Uh, Please follow Tucson Metro Chamber on all of our social media channels and check out tucsonchamber.org for upcoming events or membership information. I'm Heather Wolpern, Director of Communications at Tucson Metro Chamber. I look forward to sharing more about how the Tucson Metro Chamber helps Tucson businesses thrive when I host the next Business Of on Tuesday, February 4th. We'll talk about the business of skin. (laughs) Stay tuned.
0: The Business Of, an informative podcast with Heather Wilburn from the Tucson Metro Chamber can be heard here continuously on TucsonBusinessRadioX.com.